Welcome to this episode of Horrific History and Hauntings. I'm Beth. And I'm Ramey. We're your hosts, here to talk about the stories that the history books ignore. From horrific epidemics and ghostly hauntings to the catastrophes and tragic events that have sickened humanity. So what happened today's history, Beth? Well, before I say that, we're going to do a spooky urbans and legends from each state episode. And today in history, which is uh, December 15th, is the day we're recording, by the way. Just going to mention ones is in 1791, the Bill of Rights was ratified. Cool. That's useful. Mm-hmm. In 2011, the U.S. declared the end to the war in Iraq. You know, that took a while, didn't it? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the one I just have a few little mentions more. In 1973, the American Psychiatric Association removed homosexuality from its list of mental illnesses. They're trying real hard to get it back on there, though, ain't they? (laughs) (laughs) Some groups are. Yeah. Uh, Well, if not mental illness, then criminal. Clearly just know how to mind their own damn business just so well. The whole love thy neighbor thing. Just don't float their boat. Yeah. Got to pick and choose, I guess. Cherry picking. Yep. That's the best part of the Bible. Yep. (laughs) The APA won't label people as sick if they say that they're well and function socially. Most do, so. Yeah. It's on a person-to-person basis, and I don't think it's because they're homosexuals. No, no, it's not because of that. The APA supports civil rights for homosexuals, advocating for equal protections. Also under threat at the moment, sadly. Yeah. Back then, many states still had anti-sodomy laws, and being openly gay risked their jobs, housing, and acceptance. Oh, that's still a thing. It's just certain rights protect that now and if those disappeared federally then the state and local governments could impose their own employers can fire an employee in virginia and not give them a reason that is how they get away with this garbage right here exactly so we really should not have that law you should have to have an actual reason to fire an employee because reasons like that is why people get fired for racist reasons for homosexuality prejudices yeah there you go that's the word i'm looking for that should not be allowed because that's how they get away with it and if you want to be a piece of crap then you should have to tell the person that you're firing them because you're a piece of crap head straight to the lawsuit (laughs) (laughs) yep exactly take your lawsuit like a man fire me because i'm not doing my job right yeah that's fair yeah there's some jobs i'm in and i'm like i'm not suited to this job yeah time to go I don't want to get injured. A lot of the things I did were like manual labor. There's a chance of injury if you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) I won't do that. Even if somebody needs help, like family, help me move this. And I say, this is dangerous. I'm not taking part in it. I will not stand on the end of this thing while you pull it for truck or I will not. (laughs) I I don't do it. I I just I don't think OSHA would approve. Knock on wood. I'll say this and then it'll turn on me. But Uh, knock on wood. I've never broken a bone in my body because of my. Same. I'm not running on wet ground. I'm not. Climbing a tree that I know I shouldn't, I will not stand somewhere dangerous while something is being moved. I I don't want nothing to do with that. I don't want to hear that no. snap ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> I don't want to feel it. I don't want to hear it. No. To be a psychiatric disorder, a condition must cause distress or social impairment. And obviously, homosexuality does not do that. Unless friends or family are trying to make it yeah. uh, cause that. And then it's just the bullying that's causing that. It's it's not the actual. Yeah. Sometimes it it will be perceived by the person who receives it that it is their issue, though. Yeah. Causing it. Obviously, this marked a big win for gay rights, but it still took decades for gay marriage to be legalized. And it's under threat. 
technically, there's a federal mm-hmm. law now that says you can get married in a safe state, an accepting state, and the other states have to recognize that. But as it stands in Virginia, if a dude wanted to marry a dude or a woman wanted to marry a woman, and that federal protection was not there, they'd have to go to a safe state to get married because we have it banned in Virginia. They tried to remove the ban, but they didn't. I'm sure it's there for a reason, but some of this, it's the state's choice things, really seems to not be such a great idea with with some of the things going on in the world right now. Yeah. It's really not. I'm sure it's there for a reason, but it's being used for bad reasons. Yeah, when we got rid of the monarchy, it was a they didn't want a strong central government because it could be another monarchy or something. Okay, so that's the reason, I guess. Despite this resolution, attempts at conversation therapy, not conversation, conversion therapy, persisted. Now you know you don't want to be gay. (laughs) (laughs) It persisted. Fueled by conservative faith groups, of course, and now is widely condemned and illegal for minors in some states because they're quite cruel. Oh, yeah. Can they give you, like, shock therapy and they make you vomit every time you look at gay porn? That sounds nightmarish. How do they make you vomit by looking at gay porn? Chemically induced vomiting while you're watching gay stuff. And I physically punch you in the face. Well, that's just how they do it. Uh, you should watch that movie, but I'm a cheerleader. I did. Okay, it's that's a it's abuse. That is abuse, but that is a <laughs> that is showing those people in a better light than a lot of kids are treated. Yeah, it yeah it does. Uh, not just kids, adults. But no, it's still abuse. Adults <laughs> put themselves through that too. Back to the hauntings and legends in each state. Urban myths probably would have been a better title. In Indiana, there's the Beast of Busco. Don't even know what that could be. A beast, I'm guessing. Okay, well. I'm guessing it's because of the name of the area in Indiana. It's located in Cherubusco, Indiana. And it's like Indiana's version of the Loch Ness Monster, Nessie. But they couldn't call it that because it's not in Loch Ness. No. And it's also a giant snapping turtle. Oh, that's much better. I know. I love turtles. (laughs) In 1898 is when the legend first began. A farmer named Oscar Falk said he's seen a giant turtle living in the lake that is now called Lake Folka on his farm. That's a nice name. Mm-hmm. July 1948, while fishing at Lake Folka, Oro Blue and Charlie Wilson reported seeing an enormous snapping turtle. They estimated the weight of 500 pounds. That's a heavy turtle. Yes. At this time, the owner of the property was Farmer Gail Harris, and he claimed to have seen the giant snapping turtle as well. So a whole lot of people seen this turtle. Mm-hmm. Others began reporting seeing it around this time as well. It got the name Oscar after the first farmer to mention it. So it's Oscar the Giant Snapping Turtle. It doesn't sound like the name they gave it. Well, it said that they got the name. Why does it not sound like the name they gave Busco? The Beast of Busco. I guess that's just what some of them call it, and then some of them call it Oscar. I don't know. I don't live there. Loch Ness Monster. I just go by what I find. Busco. (laughs) And uh, The Beast of Busco sounds cooler. Yeah. March 1949, a town councilman surveyed the lake from an aircraft, and he also claimed to have seen it. That's even creepier if you can see the whole thing from an yeah. above. Yeah. Witnesses, including reporters from the Indianapolis, <laughs> Indianapolis Star and Fort Wayne Gazette, along with a representative from the Cincinnati Zoo, verified their sightings of it as well. Oh, uh, I've been to Cincinnati. I haven't. Obviously, the word spread. For a while about this giant snapping turtle, but after a while they couldn't find it. Now they have a Turtle Days Festival. Oh. Oscar receives recognition 
each June for the Turtle Days Festival. They have parades, carnivals, and turtle racing. That's in June. That's near my birthday. I should go to a turtle festival. Now, you know, the turtles are fast. I've seen the video of that one just racing down a ramp into the water. I want to go to a turtle festival. I'd go to a turtle festival. Probably get like E. coli or salmonella or whatever it is that turtles can give you. It's okay. It's all good. (laughs) Don't kiss your turtle. Yeah, probably shouldn't be doing that anyway. Moving on to Iowa. Iowa. Iowa, Idaho. Iowa. What are you talking about? It's just Iowa. I'm just rambling. We're going to talk about the Independence Mental Hospital. (laughs) It's a real PC name. Uh Uh-huh. It opened May 1st, 1873. It was the second asylum in Iowa. And construction costed $845,000. Short of a million. It was built because of the overcrowding at Mount Pleasant State Hospital. That's a more acceptable name. Mm-hmm. It was also built for geriatrics, alcoholics, and drug addicts. Generic. Bring your family members here if you don't want to put up with them in hospital. Yep. If they read books. Yeah, novel reading women in there. <laughs> it took 10 years to complete, and the Independent State Mental Hospital Institute is still a psychiatric hospital, but some of the older areas aren't used unless it's for tours. It also has alcohol and drug rehabilitation programs and training for school nurses. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. so bizarre that they put those in there rehab people. It's just like taking care I guess of children. If you can handle that, then <laughs> you can handle children. Yeah. Closed areas are said to be where the lobotomies and electric shock therapies were performed. While touring, people have reported hearing whispering, feeling cold drafts, feeling of being watched. Workers avoid these areas, and they also claim to hear screaming from disembodied voices. Creepy enough. Uh, the fact that it's inhabited still, though, is um, a little less unusual. Yeah. There wasn't much for that one. I feel like I could go more into it, but I was trying to keep it short. Moving on to Kansas. Kansas City. Stoll Cemetery. It's located on the top of Stoll's Emanuel Hill. That's a terrible name. Yeah, of course it is. It's like a last name, then a first name, and then a place. Yep. There are stories of witchcraft, devil worship, and ghosts that have thought to have been told about Stoll Cemetery for more than 100 years. This wasn't printed until the 1970s. Ah. November 1974, an article in the University of Kansas student newspaper mentioned strange things happening in the Stoll churchyard, haunted by legends of diabolical supernatural happenings. The legend says it is one of the two places where the devil appears twice a year. It's nice to know he's on schedule. Hmm. Yeah. One student claimed something they couldn't see grabbed them by the arm, and others have mentioned having memory loss that they couldn't explain. I would imagine. Alcohol. Drugs. (laughs) Yes. March 20th, 1978, over 150 people showed up at Stull Cemetery. Why can I not say cemetery? It's because you say Stoll first. Stoll Cemetery to wait on the devil to arrive. If he looked like the one from Lucifer, I would too. I guess. I think it was mostly because of his attitude and humor, though. It's a British accent. Oh, yeah, that too. It was also said that the spirits of those buried there who died, obviously, if they're buried, (laughs) I would be a little worried if they weren't dead. Violent or unexpected deaths would return as well. So as long as you didn't get surprised by your oncoming doom, Mm -hmm. you're fine. Yeah, you get to sleep. A few have mentioned a strange wind that has frightened them while in the cemetery. Two men ran back to their car to find it parked on the other side of the highway and facing the opposite direction 
One claimed to have ran into the church after being frightened by the wind and that something caused him to be unable to move for a while. A windigo. Some say that even though the church building has no roof, that the rain will not fall in it. Okay. Yeah. That's so bizarre. (laughs) Where did that even come from? I don't know. At least you're not going to get rained on even if it doesn't have a roof. True. Watch it be just the wind is blowing the rain and that's why you're not getting rained on. Legend says the devil has appeared there since the 1850s. An article said that the devil chose Stoll because in the 1850s, a stable hand supposedly stabbed and killed the mayor in the cemetery's stone barn. And the barn was later turned into the church years later. So it's a sullied church is what they're saying. Okay. Pretty much. I was going to say, I don't know. I've thought of a lot of murders and the devil don't show up to all those locations. I mean, I don't know personally of a lot of murders, but. It looks like you hear about the devil showing up at least one or twice. Yeah. The church then caught on fire and it was completely burned inside. Apparently, Stull has never had an official mayor even before when the name of the town was Deer Creek Community. So that kind of well, that falls through yeah. a little bit. He could have been a community leader. Well, yeah. The richest man in town. That's true. Some of the myths about the devil appearing says it is to visit a witch that is buried there. There's an old gravestone with the name W-I-T-T-I-C-H Wittich close to the church. And they thought that was far enough from which that nobody would ever assume? That's why I spelt it. It wasn't because I didn't know how to pronounce it this time. Ah. Because I wanted to make it clear that it's not which, it's Wittich. This may be where that may have came from. There's also stories about an old tree that was located in Stoll Cemetery that was used for hangings. There's a lot of issues of death in this place. Yeah. The tree was cut down years ago, if it even ever existed, because there's also some that said it didn't exist. Rightfully so, probably. Yeah. I probably don't have the best podcast because I'm not one of those that just says it existed or just saying it. Because (laughs) if it says, if I find a different source that says something different or I find it consistently in different sources, I like to try to mention that because I feel like. Inconsistent reports should be mentioned. Yeah, because how am I supposed to know which one's true and which one's not? To add to this story, some claim that there is a grave containing the bones of the child of the witch and the devil. And supposedly there's a photo that was taken that shows a boy who looks like a werewolf peeking out from behind a tree, thought to be the devil and the witch's baby. Okay, well, that's sad. Yeah, it's also said that the child was so deformed that it only lived a few days. But I feel like if it was a witch and a devil baby, it should have lived even if it was deformed. The stories caused so many people to show up to try to see something that they thought it was okay to vandalize and stomp all over the tombstones as well. Because, you know, people just have to have to destroy things, I guess. Obviously, this pissed off the residents because that's their deceased loved ones getting disrespected. Now they have the area patrolled and locals make it clear that visitors are not welcome. Wow. And from what I was reading... It seemed like they don't want them in their town at all. But if you were destroying my loved one's resting place, I would probably not want anybody to show up in my town either. Mm -hmm. They want to keep their devil worship in town to themselves. Yeah. They want to live in peace, except for (laughs) twice a year. Yeah. And they have their rituals. But they want to do that by themselves, not with strangers. (laughs) It does sound very much like, oh, the devil worship in town don't want us to interfere if they're devil worship. If it ain't hurting anybody else, who cares? Let them do what they want. Oh, I don't care. I'm just saying it's going to make people who assume it's real thinking it's really going on. And they probably wouldn't have even had a problem with that if people would have just been respectful and not destroyed everything. Yeah. Who knows? I don't want to say what's up with this town. It ain't my town. Yeah. March 29th, 2002, the stone church in the cemetery was demolished. 
It's unknown how this happened, and the owner said that they didn't authorize it either, so they don't know what happened to it either. I find it odd that a whole part of a church was demolished and nobody knows how it happened, but... A bunch of townspeople went out there and was like, this has got to stop. <laughs> That's a possibility. I still think they should uh, notify the owner first. Moving on to Kentucky. I've been there. Yeah. The roads are a little rough sometimes. Yeah. Uh, sometimes. Most of the time. It's one of our neighbor states. Dum, 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 that's dum, dum, that's dum, actually dum. not rough road. That's just the concrete slabs. Virginia don't have those in most mm. parts of their road. You probably don't even notice it if you're driving on it every day. I noticed it when I was on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about Pope Lick Goatman. What? <laughs> <laughs> the Pope Lick Goatman. <laughs> <laughs> This one's located in Louisville, Kentucky. That's just down the road. Yeah. It's also where that, was it the Waverly? The tuberculosis one I was talking about. That's where it was located, I believe. In the 1930s, a man who called himself Colonel (laughs) Schilditched. S-H-I-L-D-N-E-C-H-T. I don't know how to pronounce that either, but I'm not going to try to. Schilditched. Okay. Was the owner of a traveling circus. Of course, that explains everything. <laughs> he didn't have a very good reputation. Or a name. Or a name. His name was horrible. Some One of the worst I've had to try to say. Except for maybe the Elizabeth Bathory episode. Boundary. Yeah. After leaving each town, there would be thefts, missing people, and horrific, in quotations, accidental deaths. Oh, this sounds like Cirque du Freak or... Uh... What's it called? Um, American Horror American Story. American Horror Story. Yeah. Yeah. The legend starts in a small town near Beltsville, Maryland. The circus bearded lady found a strange infant. It was left in a crate filled with hay outside of her tent. And the infant had stubs poking out from its forehead and feet that resembled cloven hooves. Hellboy. Yeah. We're just going to call him Colonel because I do not know how to say the other name took the child from the bearded lady, and he never let it out of its cage. The child was whipped badly daily and was fed leftover scraps. Now, is this true or randomly? I mean, obviously it has cloven hooves. It's legends and hauntings. I don't know. I I didn't know if this part was true, and then I was like, oh, the cloven hooves tell me. (laughs) Who knows? For fun. Kids just have fun. Yeah. As the child grew, the stubs became full-sized horns. Then he started butting everybody. Not really. I made that part up. He did grow full-sized horns, apparently, though. Any child with full-sized horns would immediately be doing Ah, that. As an adult, would do it. And given how he was treated and raised so horribly, he had a very bad temper. So he probably did headbutt people. During a thunderstorm, the circus train was on its way to Louisville, Kentucky. Lightning struck the tracks, causing the train to derail a little ahead of the bridge that support that was over Pip. (laughs) Does that even happen? Over Pope Lick Creek. I don't know. How did that happen? I mean, did it did it electrocute the track in a bad way, or did it melt the track? Okay, I want to say that the, um, well, no, it said before the support, bridge support. But if you look up this picture, I think I might have one I can show you here in a second. It doesn't look like a very sturdy, trains should not be going over it. For a long time, <laughs> they had to be made out of wood, and then iron, it's not. and then steel. It's rust. It's not even metal, in it. it's rust. Okay, that might explain a lot then. But, um, I don't know, I don't know how lightning it looks like train tracks will get struck by lightning all the time yeah so i don't know how that works i'm not a historian i'm not a engineer engineer 
I'm not a doctor. I'm not a conductor. I'm I'm nothing. <laughs> I'm a podcaster. That's it. The accident probably killed most of the circus crew. And it said as far as two miles from the wreck, body parts were found. That's quite an explosion. Yeah. That's more than any train wreck I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's haunting in legends. You got to <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. Circus traveled with lots of D&D. <laughs> they rolled a one. Yeah. Real bad luck. <laughs> it's said that the goat man survived and took revenge on the few survivors by ripping, ripping them up. So there was no survivors. So there were none. It is believed that he never left the area because of the number of deaths, missing people, mutilations of livestock and wild animals, and reports of sightings of a goat man. He was thought to live in a hut or a cave around the area as well. Who is this he again? The goat man. Okay. Who else would it be? I thought he had a name. No, goat man is all I've seen. They call him Popelik Monster sometimes. I don't know where they got this name. Oh. It's Popelik Road. Oh. That's why. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why they would name a road that. Two different families, one called Lick, one called Pope? I don't know. It's said there was recorded two confirmed deaths in 1987 and 1988 due to the Popelik monster. And that there was also many injuries, but I just don't see somebody putting down, yeah, the Popelik monster got him. Oh. I I just don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see them doing that. It was said to be able to mimic human voices and would call out the names of those who trespassed near the bridge. It just knew those. Mm-hmm. And then it would lure them in as a train was coming around and they would get smushed. And it would just take the rest home. <laughs> Some have said that while trying to drive beneath the trestle at the stroke of midnight, they have been chased by it and that he can run nearly 60 miles per hour. More than one has reported that their car door handle was torn off and I'm going to need you to pay for that. Yeah. And some claim to have seen bloody claw prints left on the car door after being chased. In the 1970s, there were rumors of a satanic cult along Popelik Road and there were reports of missing pets believed to be taken for satanic rituals. And there's an article that I came across that mentioned the parents of a 15-year-old girl trying to sue the railroad company because she was killed by a train while walking with her friend on the trestle. Her friend survived but was seriously injured. And the date she was killed was May 26, 2020. That has nothing to do with Pope Luke Monster, but... Now, we don't know that. I just found it interesting. 100% factual. But... He might have something to do with it. Look at this train. Oh, We're, yeah. I would not want to be part of that. That's a diesel electric modern train. Well, probably not back then. But still, that you shouldn't be walking on that. You shouldn't. There should be no trains on it. That should be torn down. That needs to be replaced. Yeah. Yeah. Part of America's rusting infrastructure. Not saying that I'm blaming this girl. No. But. She didn't rust that train track. No. But that is not a safe no. bridge or trestle or. What's it called? A trestle. I kept seeing the word trestle. Was it a trestle bridge or just a trestle? It just said trestle. Maybe that's what they call a train bridge. Hmm. I'm not an expert in any of this stuff. I don't even know the basics. I have no idea. In Louisiana, we're going to talk about Grunge Road Monster. Oh, that's not as funny as the last one. No, not as funny. It's located in New Orleans. Oh. It's described as a cannibal chupacabra-type creature. Okay. Mm-hmm. Doesn't chupacabra mean goat eater? Does it? I thought it meant eat people. I don't know. I have chupacabra put down, but I don't know much about chupacabra at all. So I guess I'll figure it out in a few weeks. Okay. I'm pretty sure it means goat eater. So it's a cannibal goat eater. 
That's weird because it's supposed to be a goat. Oh, that makes the cannibal part make sense. Okay. <laughs> but there was also another description of it, it that said it was a cross between a dog and a reptilian type chupacabra. But the physical description says it's a goat-like being. It's all over the place. Yeah. But I also feel it's important to say all these. <laughs> it's also said to have glowing red-orange eyes or sometimes they glow blue-green. But that's pretty. Some say it has wings that resemble bat wings and long fur with gray markings on a black coat. It's also said that they have seen one with leathery skelly skin. That's the color black-gray. Yeah. It's said to have sharp-looking spines and stands about three to four feet high. And also, they say it has human-like skills, such as opening doors and using tools the way a primate would. Oh, possible thumbs. And that the sounds it makes is a wolf-like howl and banshee-like scream or screech or roaring like an alarmed ape. So I can make about any noise it wants. Yeah. The legend goes back to the early roots of New Orleans. There was said to be a secluded community of albino dwarves who lived in the forest and survived by eating goats and eventually humans. That sounds just weird enough to maybe have been true. Who knows? Mm. Well, it's very specific. They were forced to live this way because, well, they were albinos and dwarves. And at that time, people who were different were believed to be creatures of the devil. Due to being forced to live in isolation, there's some tales that suggest their extensive inbreeding led to a point where they don't even look human anymore. So they grew spikes, roar like a beast, grew a tail, and scales. <laughs> a bunch of stuff, apparently. Maybe they're different. Maybe that's what it is. Let, we'll just say there's multiples and they're different. A different branch of things altogether, living yeah. in the swamps. Yeah. It's said that if you see a goat in this area on the side of the road, you shouldn't stop to help, even if the goat looks injured. This is supposed to be a trap, and if you get out of the car, the grunch will consume both your heart and your flesh. I'd be worried about the heart. I'd be more worried about the injured goat. Uh, yeah. I'm going to die. It's okay. I, I, I can't just drop by an injured goat. When's the last time you seen a goat on the side of the road? Never, but if I saw a goat that looked injured on the side of the road, I'm definitely stopping to pick it up. There's some at the end of the driveway the neighbor has. Yeah, but it runs away every time I drive past. So, it's a smart and I goat. think they would notice if my goat ended up, or sorry, their goat ended up in my yard. Yeah, they would see that. But I have this picture, and it's kind of cute if you ignore the blood on the mouth. Oh, yeah, it's green. It's got three teeth. Um. I think those are fangs. Three fangs. One at the bottom and two at the top, I do believe. A really stubby nose. Looks more like a cat to me. It's got ears. It looks like it's also could be thin fins um, or gills. I think more of a... Mole rat? <laughs> yeah. A big mole rat? It's With got, spikes? It's got the body of a dog, but the color and scales of a creature, more serpentine. And the spikes. It looks like a... a um. What do you call them? An iguana. It looks like an iguana with a dog's mm. body. Yeah. I think the ears look more cat-like, though. They look like eh, then again, this is water. a drawing, and uh, the thing probably doesn't exist. <clears throat> so. Yeah, who knows? Next is Maine, Nellie Butler, which was said to be America's first ghost. It also said to be the most documented, but we did the Bell Witch, and it said it was the most documented. We've done two documents so, of it ourselves. Yeah. But this one's about Nellie Butler in Maine. August 9th, 1799, Abner Blaisdell heard knocking noises in his Machiasport, Maine home. 
He lived in Maine. January 2nd, 1800, Abner and his daughter heard a woman's voice in the cellar. This voice claimed to be Nellie Butler, the dead wife of Captain George Butler. Nellie said that her born name was Nellie Hooper, whose father happened to be David Hooper, and he lived five miles from the Blaisdell home. How unusual. (laughs) He was skeptical when David sent for him, but he decided to travel through a snowstorm to check it out. And then Nellie spoke again about things that only his daughter would know. Nellie showed herself for the first time to Abner's son. He was terrified and he ran home from the fields. He said he was walking through the fields when he began to get chased by a floating apparition. (laughs) I'd run home too. (laughs) Get back (laughs) in. Apparently that night she showed up to him and scolded him for not speaking to her. If you made me hover all the way across the fields to you. (laughs) (laughs) Chased him and then... It was because he didn't speak. It's so bad. Bad manners. You wasn't raised right. There's no harm in attempting to communicate. (laughs) By February 1800, the story of Nellie began to grow, and people began to crowd into Blaisdell's house in an attempt to see her. For a small admittance fee. (laughs) Witnesses described her appearance as a massive light growing into a personal form with a constant shaky motion. Sounds like some sort of shenanigans to me. (laughs) Some smoke and mirrors. (laughs) Nellie wasn't seen for about four months after that. And then in May, she returned in front of 20 witnesses in the cellar. Why there was 20 witnesses if she hadn't showed up for four months in his (laughs) cellar, I don't know. (laughs) Before the end of the year, over 100 people claimed to have seen or heard Nellie. These were sworn testimonies collected by the local pastor, Reverend Cummings. Where have I heard that name before? I've thought the same thing. He was a skeptic and believed that his flock shouldn't believe in ghosts as well. While he was heading to Abner's house to pretty much scold him about the ghost stories, Nellie showed herself to him. He said that, surrounded by a bright light at first, her form was no bigger than that of a toad. He then said that she grew to be a normal height. And then Nellie was seen one more time after that by her husband, Captain George Butler. He reported that she appeared to him in his bedroom, and she scolded him for remarrying after he promised that he wouldn't while on her deathbed. And I hear you look like a toad now, so don't, <laughs> don't be complaining to me. Oh. <laughs> and that's it. Well, those have been fun, especially the, I, I, honestly, I can, um, the cannibal goat. That was pretty fun. Um, th- those, those are some different things I didn't know about. Mm. And... It's nice to hear something that you're not familiar with in these yeah. urban myths. Yeah. Well, when I'm looking them up, I try to find things that I haven't really heard much about for that reason, because I feel like if I've heard it, most of the people that would be listening to this podcast have probably heard it. Yeah. And I would like to learn something new or hear an interesting new story myself. Yeah. So. Something different. Yeah. Well, it's. Great. I'm sure we have more of these in the future, correct? Yeah. We've Good. only got to Maryland. Okay. I didn't know. Maybe. Or no, we, we're, next we'll start with Miller, Maryland. So. Oh, Maryland. We're going through all the states. Okay. Well, I've been to Maryland, so cool. Uh, let's see. Any... Oh, I know what I'm doing for Maryland, too. I'm not telling you. Uh, don't tell me until you did it. Done. I know what I'm doing. All righty. Well, thank you again. If you like what you've heard here, we have a whole podcast network called Gruesome Gaming Group, and 
In it, you'll find this podcast, Leveling Duo, a podcast where me and my friend Dakota talk about video games we played. Uh, usually the ones we played growing up, but some of the newer ones, as well as a podcast called podcast called Brother Knows Quest, a podcast where I tell my sister here about tabletop role-playing games, a different one each week. Uh, she tells me what she thinks about them afterwards. If you want to find the links to those, there'll be a link in the description wherever you're listening to this, and it will take you to a link tree. And the first one is our website. We'll have all the RSS feeds to each of the podcasts. You can subscribe to whatever podcast if you want, or you can find us on YouTube. The link will be there as well. And we'll also be streaming some games. I've been playing Elden Ring uh, about noon every day on Eastern time. Leave a review, like, subscribe if you're capable of that on your app. Let us know what you like. There's a social link. Contact us if you want through any of the social links. Twitter or X and TikTok is a good way to get a hold of us. Beth has an email in there for Horrific History and Hauntings. You can message her directly. Again, thank you. I have been Ramey. And I'm Beth. And this has been HH&H. Goodbye.